Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. Trevor Lane here from LakersNation.com. We've got a lot going on. The NBA playoffs are off and running. Keith Smith joining me, as always, from Real GM, Yahoo, Celtics blog, and pretty much everywhere. We're going to talk all about the playoffs. We're going to talk a little bit about the draft actually coming up, as well as a quick glance at some free agents. Keith, I am loving the amount of basketball that's on right now, and not just basketball, but good basketball. It feels like we're getting just competitive games. We're getting close games it's been a blast so far yeah it's awesome you know that first weekend of the playoffs when you have all the game ones you get four of them on saturday four of them on sunday it's it's just two of the best days on the nba calendar on the sports calendar really and then we'll get one more weekend like that here and uh if for uh what will be like game fours i think for most teams uh and then then we'll we'll see and hopefully we'll get a few game sevens the weekend after that but yeah it's awesome you know i absolutely love it i um i get super you know excited whenever it's uh this time of year because you know we're we're down to you know what presumably are the best teams left in the league that are uh you know in there and it's it's really great and that's why i wish i could say i had my playoff beard going um (laughs) but uh, that's just i haven't shaved in a couple days so uh maybe to turn into a playoff beard but it'd be the 2022 playoffs (laughs) by the time it would be full enough for anyone (laughs) to care well, that that can be an endeavor you can certainly work on for those uh, for you know, <laughs> next year's playoffs, maybe. But uh, you know, I'm just I've got right now. So we just we just moved and we're getting settled and and all that kind of stuff. And right now we've got one more TV than we have a spot for it. So of course I've set that up in my living room right next to <laughs> our normal TV. My wife rolls her eyes. I love it because I've got two games going on at the same time all the time this this has been fantastic and i wish we could just always do this life needs to always be like playoff basketball time agreed man yeah we we do that too we we break it out especially um in the early season when you still have like like you might still have baseball playoffs going on you get nfl and then you might have nba going on at the same time uh we'll break out we have a tv that we can uh pick up and move pretty easily so it goes into the family room right next to the big tv and we're we're sitting there watching so yeah man i i hear you and, and in the midweek you need it because because yeah. because we have the overlapping games because they don't start until you know 7 seven thirty here on the east coast and then you know you get a couple so yeah it's uh yeah it, it, it's the best you know i love it because it's you know they do the stagger pretty well in the midweek where it's you know one is ending and then you can get over to crunch time for the other one and and those kind of things so yeah i'm good ways just so everybody knows time frame wise as we record this uh we're through the game ones for everybody and then a couple of game twos have been played we're recording this on tuesday the 25th uh prior to any of the game twos being played uh on Tuesday the 25th so so just just so everybody wonders if it's like why aren't you talking about you know Boston Brooklyn game two well it hasn't happened yet so we we don't we probably both have a good feeling how it's gonna go Uh, we're we're not quite there so the reason why we are not talking about maybe your favorite team is of course because we hate your favorite team that's exactly what what that is it it has nothing to do with the fact that those games haven't actually happened yet Um, but you know what it's not even just the playoffs going on right now we also have I mean, the draft is right around the corner. Amazingly, like the offseason is quickly approaching. And we actually got a little bit of NBA draft news today in the in the realm of tiebreakers. Uh, That was that was at least a little bit of a shot in the arm for all the people that are getting excited about the draft coming up. Yeah, it was. It was, um, you know, this is where these tiebreakers end up mattering more when it's in terms of um, if teams move up or down in the lottery order like it could be the difference between a pick conveying and not conveying so so after the tiebreakers pre-draft lottery order is now houston one detroit two orlando three uh they were all locked in then you have oklahoma city four Cleveland five. That was one of those tiebreakers that had to be broken. Minnesota is six, but that pick will go to the Warriors. If it's not one through three, uh, the Warriors get it. So if it stays right where it is, uh, that'll be the Warriors pick. Toronto at seven. Another tiebreaker was Chicago, New Orleans, and Sacramento. And the order ended up being Bulls, Kings, Pelicans. That Bulls pick goes to the Orlando Magic if they don't jump up into the top four. Uh, so they get slightly better odds of, of jumping up by by slotting in at the eighth pick. Um, and then we had another tiebreaker, two teams that fell out in the play-in round, Charlotte and San Antonio. 
Um, that'll be the order there at 11 and 12. Then Indiana, then Golden State um, to fill out the lottery. And then the non-lottery is just, it, it, there were a couple tiebreakers there, but you know nothing uh, you know overly major um, that, that I can think of. I'm just pulling it up to, to make sure. I know the Lakers were involved they in got one 22. of them. Um, you know, for, for the Lakers fans. They ended up at 22, yeah. So I'll run through that order real quick. It's Washington, Boston, Memphis, Miami at 18. That pick will very likely go to Oklahoma City uh, unless Houston somehow drops out of the top uh, four picks. Uh, then it gets a little more complicated. Then New York. Atlanta, then it was Dallas. That pick goes to New York as part of the uh, Porzingis trade. I think that finishes out the Porzingis trade, if I remember correctly. Then the Lakers at 22. Portland at 23. That pick goes to Houston as part of the Robert Covington deal. Uh, Milwaukee at 24. That pick goes to Houston as well uh, from the P.J. Tucker trade. And then the rest are these teams all keep their own picks. Denver, Clippers, Nets, Sixers, Suns, and Jazz. So it just goes in order of regular season record. Unlike the NFL, where the Super Bowl champion slots in at 32, the NBA doesn't do it that way. You stick uh, based off your regular season record. So, so yeah, so we at least have the pre-lottery draft order uh, set. The lottery itself is it's coming right up. It is. Um, do you know it off the I, top I of your head? I'm what sure day we can it is? Find it, but you know, I, you know I, I'm just interested it. in in how many teams we've got that that have protections on these picks it's going to make it a really interesting draft lottery this year because so many teams have a lot yeah, on the line time. yep absolutely yeah yeah because you've got minnesota chicago lately like that one is uh definitely interesting so i'm trying to find there it is it is june the 22nd tuesday june 22nd at 8 30 uh p.m so my guess is it'll come in right before a, right. a playoff game um, start probably a nine o'clock uh, playoff game or something like that. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's one when that'll be going on. That's gonna, it's going to happen this year, right in the middle of the draft combine, which that that is coming up. So a lot of dates are firming up. Um, a, a lot of good good stuff there that we didn't know prior. Um, so we know now the moratorium, what day uh, free agency is going to open. Uh, free agency will open on Monday. The uh, or uh, Sunday, or no, yeah, it is Monday. Monday the second at six p.m. Eastern. Um, so, so that's when the, the negotiations I'm can start. So happy about uh, that too, Keith. Like we we talked about this change what right? last year. That now instead of starting at midnight, right, and then and then everything goes crazy, all hell yep. breaks loose. Now it's like actually the middle of the day where people can can like get this stuff and respond to it. And you don't let me tell you, you don't get hit. By the like 1.30 a.m., the Lakers just gave way too much money to Lou all day, right? Like that's I, I like <laughs> yep. that. So you're not already grouchy because you're tired, and then you get hit by that news. No, instead, instead it's all middle of the day, and we can we can kind of get on with it. Well, I guess into the early evening on the on the East Coast. You're, you're gonna like it even more as an East Coast resident mm-hmm. now too. That it's it's at you know it's not at midnight. But we used to say um, we we had a running joke a couple years on it was kind of the early days of NBA Twitter was like you knew who the diehards were that were staying up until like three four in the morning on that opening uh, night of negotiations and free agency because you knew. Uh, so yeah, it's it's not a Sunday afternoon this year. Um, they they put it on a Monday instead. But but I think that's you know per- perfectly fine with that they're just you know clearly working on a very compressed condensed calendar uh we'll have the olympics going on at that same time so a lot of stuff is going to be happening there so yeah so that's free agency we got a bunch of option dates updated a bunch of um uh guarantee dates updated for player contracts and things we care about uh on this show so yeah so we're 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 Finally, to a point where a lot of the off-season stuff is now finalized and making sense. We're down an early entry uh, candidate um, uh, deadline is coming up. I believe that's this weekend, if I remember correctly. Let me get into my calendar and I'll uh, make sure I say that correctly. Yeah, uh, the thirtieth, uh, Sunday, May thirtieth. Um, so that that at eleven fifty nine is the last time anybody can be an early entry candidate. They can withdraw till about um, a couple weeks ahead of the draft. Um, that's when the withdrawal date will be. But yeah, we got a lot going on. Uh, you know, playoffs are kind of first and foremost, but all sorts of stuff happening um, outside of that window now, me, as well. Let me ask you because I haven't seen anything on this, but I remember last year for free agency, there were there was some unhappiness from the NBA based on how many deals leaked early. And we've seen that over the the last few years. The NBA hasn't been pleased 
with how much negotiation has been going on ahead of the end of that moratorium. And I guess teams in this, you know, big arms race that is free agency, they kind of had to bend, I guess we want to say, the rules in order to make sure that they <laughs> get the guys that they were looking to get. If you if you played by the rules and you waited, then most of the time you were you know, you're left in the dust. So it, has there been yeah. any discussion that you've heard of? Because I haven't heard of any so far as far as how the NBA will will attempt to to moderate that whole situation. Yeah, I think it was a little, little seemed to go slightly better than the year before. Right? We remember, I mean, we I, I want to say it was Woj reported about Kemba Walker signing with the Celtics like three yes. days in advance of this new, you know, brand new window. Like, hey, we're not going to make you wait till midnight. And then it was like Wednesday or Thursday. Okay. Uh, he's like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, Kemba's going to the Celtics. And it's like my thing is, I, I think it's one of those things where no teams complain. Uh, enough because they they know that they all are doing it so i think it's one of those things where it's more hey we're all doing the same thing so everybody kind of shut up about it um and then that's that's just kind of where it goes so yeah it's it it is uh interesting though i do i do think it is one of those things where it kind of becomes um you know well what is the uh you know real story here with this and what is the league's level of care and i don't i don't think it's overly high i think it's almost any press is good press well, I mean, we did have the whole situation with uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, this yeah. year. And, and that you know, was they, it's slightly, yeah, because that's idea. a sign and trade. And, yeah, that was very complicated. That's more than just, you know, uh, you know, Team X is going to sign player Y, who's a true free agent. That was a restricted free agent with a sign and trade with multiple teams. I think that's where the NBA was like, all right, you, you, you went about two steps too far on this one. And, and we can't even pretend to, you know, say that you guys negotiated this highly complex multi-team trade and all this stuff in five minutes after the window opened. So bottom line, just don't be dumb about it and have it all done yep. <laughs> b- beforehand. Yep. Um, you know, we, we do hear or some trust your people to keep their mouths shut. Yes, exactly. <laughs> don't talk about it. The first rule of NBA free agency is don't talk about NBA free agency. <laughs> don't talk about it before, free before the bell, before the bell rings. Um, you know, and that, that brings, I'm going to mind, give you something here. Yeah. I'm, let me tell you something real quick on that note. I've never watched that movie all the way through. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I it's one of my wife's the ending then too. I know. I know what it is now. I'm okay. just, I, I'm, I don't know why. I've just never watched it all the way through. Well, it's, a good, it's one there of those ones is. that you just kind of have to watch at least once. Yeah. Got to check it out. I know. At some point, I, I do. Yeah, it's on, it's one of those that's on the list. I should probably do that versus watching like a Marvel movie for the 50th time. I should probably sit down and knock it out someday. Well, you know, Marvel movies are Marvel movies are great, too. I'm never going to say anything bad about about those. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but all this talk does remind me, too. What am I, And I had completely this had slipped my mind. One of my favorite parts of all the offseason craziness is the draft and all the different ways that Adrian Wojnarowski uses, you know, verbal gymnastics or, <laughs> yep. or Twitter gymnastics in order to tell you who the team's going to pick without actually saying who they're going to pick. Yeah. 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 And that was one of those things where that even kind of cooled off a little last year, too. I think, I think they realized, like, all right, well, we can't if we want to compete, we just got to got to let them loose. But, yeah, it, it is fun. I, I wonder how, you know, does he sit down with just the thesaurus that night or is he like like does he prep that and plan it all out and lay it all out? It's also one of those things, too, where I like this especially happens in the second round when him and Shams and Haynes and Stein are like five picks ahead of yeah. what's on the, the live right. TV. And, it, and it's funny because by the end of the round, second round, when it's, you know, it's like closing in on 1 a.m. on the East Coast. It's like we're all a little tired and a little loopy. Just let these guys finish it out a you know half hour early, and we can all go home. Exactly. Just just let them all just put out a big list, and we're good. And we're good. <laughs> yep. We can we can get some sleep. And this year it's going to be five minutes after uh, the finals end. It feels like so yeah. it'll be a that'll also add to the to the fun because the draft is um is uh, July 29th this year, and I think the last day of the NBA finals. It's not quite that late. It is the twenty second, so a week, week. So that's that's actually pretty normal. Yeah, I mean, um, to still, get that week in between. Yeah, and and it's fun too because as soon as you end it, it's yeah. like boom, you get to start the next season, and uh, that's always a good time as well. 
Um, and and one, one other thing, too, yeah. just because people have been asking me a lot, I'm sure you've gotten the question. Um, it sounds like their plan is to get back as close to the normal calendar as possible. Uh, they, this year, it sounds like they want to get back to the like late October start. Um, so that means another you know relatively short off season. We got one of our favorite things in the world: summer league dates. That's right. So we know we know that that's in uh, the, the second week of August. I believe it is. Right? Was it August eighth or something I like that? So. I want to say yeah. Um, yeah, August eighth. So um, you know, so that that should be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, super looking forward to that. Um, look, one day shorter than normal. It'll run through the seventeenth, but but we all know if you're hanging until the seventeenth, just because you're a basketball junkie like we are, and and you're sad because it's going away for a little while. But, but yeah, and then the guys are gonna get you know caught roughly a month off ish and then our uh, training camps will probably start right around the end of september like they usually do is my guess for a uh you know uh, couple weeks maybe maybe late october this year instead of mid-october um but but that sounds like the plan is is they're going to get back uh get back to that regular calendar because they learned in the bubble these games late into the summer not they they don't want to be doing that and i think that whole idea of changing the calendar permanently i think that's about as dead as it's yeah, gonna agreed. be agreed and, and i was optimistic i thought it might work trying to avoid uh part of the nfl schedule yeah. i thought that might be a positive and it turned out it's just it people just they're not in basketball watching mode during that point of the of the yep. year for you know for whatever reason i guess it's just become ingrained and so it, it just didn't work out that way so uh, I'm looking and even to- last year, right in the in a pandemic when everybody was home, um, people still weren't watching it because I think it's just to, to your point. I think it's just you're not thinking about basketball in the middle of the summertime. You're you know, uh, baseball is nice because you just put it on. I always say it's the background music yes. to the summer, right? It's just you know, how many barbecues have you been to in your life where the the baseball game's on? You know, maybe one or two people are actually watching it. Everybody else is just kind of you know in and out, or it's you know all about people are hanging out in the pool or or whatever. So yeah, it's um you know, but yeah, NBA and then getting people just to you know even the idea. I know a lot of people are like, I don't want to go sit in an NBA arena in the middle of July and right. you know August. Like that's not what I want to do. So so yeah, I, I, I think that one's probably uh probably done and where we're going to stick to is close to the normal calendar. And then the last thing um on kind of NBA schedule stuff, uh the play in tournament went yes. very very well. Uh, you know, uh, as far as uh, good, exciting games, um, uh, quality and a couple blowouts in there. But uh, for the most part, the games were pr- pretty exciting. And then we had um, the uh, that one. Well, so that's clearly not going to go anywhere. Um, and now they're bringing back up with how well it went. The idea of the midseason tournament. And there's all kinds of things that are being thrown out of how do you incent the players and the teams uh, for a midseason tournament. But I think we're going to get it. I, I, Adam Silver has been super passionate about that idea uh, for years now. And I, I, th- I think we're going to get that midseason tournament in some form or fashion uh, here within the next so few let, years. Let's talk about that real quick. And I know this this wasn't like on our agenda to discuss, but here's my, my thing with the midseason tournament. I mean, number one, I, I like it, right? Coming from a, a soccer guy and all that, right? I like the concept. But my concern is that teams, and particularly the superstar players, are going to look at this as an opportunity to rest. And if you're the NBA and the star players are resting, you're, it's not going to be worth it. So what do you do to incentivize teams to actually put something behind this and think that this is, this is something worthwhile to play your guys in rather than an opportunity to just rest players. Like, what does that, what does that look like? Cause I mean, when I saw that million dollar prize, but for a guy, for a guy like LeBron, who's, who's making tons and made more money away from basketball than he is on the court. Is that going to be worth not taking that time and using it to rest? I don't, I, I'm, that's where I'm getting kind of stuck with this. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, for the highest paid guys, it's it's not that's not worth it to to them. I think for the uh, lower paid guys, it becomes very uh, you know worth it to them. Of course, uh, it it kind of goes back to like, well, why does LeBron want to play in the bubble? You know, versus you know these guys who you know are on a uh, one year minimum contract. It's you know massive difference. But yeah, I think um, 
that part of it is interesting. And I think from the team perspective, there's a lot of stuff thrown around out there. Like, you know, could you give them more salary cap, ex- you know, space or additional exceptions? Could you give them additional draft picks um, that a team wins? Could you do something like your guaranteed home court advantage in the playoffs or something like that? I, I think the salary cap stuff, that would all have to be negotiated with the, the players union. Um, as of course, you know, all of this will need to be, um, but I, I'm not, sure that's there i go i kind of like the idea of the home court advantage thing or um you let them pick an opponent has been thrown out there as an idea um i think that could work you know maybe the extra draft pick thing maybe works i, I think to really make teams um want it you, you'd have to make it make it good but the problem with all the stuff like that is it's the same thing with the tanking stuff players don't tank because if I'm, you know, a guy on the Orlando Magic this year, I don't want to lose more games, better our draft pick to bring in somebody to take right. my job. You know, so if, if I'm on you know, any one of these teams, I don't necessarily want to win and you know these games to get us a draft pick to bring put me out of a job uh there. Now you would hope it, the team would be good enough that maybe they'd be a veteran team and you know the veterans would kind of hold sway over that because they know that they're they're fine uh roster wise so yeah that part of it I, I don't know where you go with it one of the ideas that i i thought would be kind of fun was what if you did it and you said it's um we're gonna do this mid-season tournament but how you get around the resting stuff is you can only have two players play per game that are over the age of 20 28 or something like that so it almost becomes kind of you know soccer teams will treat some of those tournaments like we're gonna get our young guys right th- this action you know maybe you could go that direction i wonder what that would do to the ratings for the nba as far as their you know yeah. if, if your your older players are going to be sitting but but nonetheless i think it's i think that at some point they'll come up with some sort of a, a solution whatever yeah. it is whatever kind of prize yeah. it is in order to make it worthwhile. And then over time, perhaps the prestige of winning the midseason tournament becomes something, right? It becomes something that. Yeah. And they'll keep tweaking it, right? They'll, they'll do just like they did with the play in, right? The play in this year wasn't exactly what it was in the bubble. And they'll, they'll keep kind of, you know, tweaking and changing it until, until they find something that's, that works, but, but it's coming. Yeah. We know it's coming. Uh, You know, it's, 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 you know, when it's been brought up this much, that's when I feel, Pretty confident in saying, yeah, we're going to get there. It's going to happen. All right. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about free agents that are coming up. Obviously, playoff time really matters, right? Play The yeah. playoffs, I think, impact free agency more than anything else. I mean, you go back through NBA history, you look at guys who performed really well in the playoffs. A recent example would be, well, I mean, well, guys, two guys that I know well, Rajon Rondo and Montrezl Harrell. Montrezl Harrell struggled yep. in the playoffs. That definitely uh, pulled down his value on the free agent market. This past year, mm-hmm. and then Rondo showed playoff Rondo, and suddenly he was getting. And people were saying, "Oh, this guy's going to be a veteran minimum next year if he's still around." And then suddenly he's getting seven million dollars from the Atlanta Hawks because people saw playoff Rondo. So I think what's happening right now in the playoffs for the free agents to be really does matter in a way that, uh, that that's greater than anything they do in the regular season. Yeah, I definitely think there's there there's definitely some truth to that. So if we kind of go looking at the teams that are in the playoffs and some key free agents on, on those teams, I apologize. Our puppy is going bananas in the background. She is uh she's not happy. We have to keep our older dog had surgery oh, no. the other day, so we're having to keep them separate right now. So he's getting out and getting fed uh, dinner, and she is not happy about it. So <laughs> apologies to anybody picking that up she's in the background. She's really excited for free agents. See, that's what it is yeah that's it yeah yeah she's psyched <laughs> about that um so we'll, we'll yeah i'm just gonna go kind of alphabetically um through through the teams we'll start with the east teams i think a guy like evan fournier yeah. um he struggled in game one he has historically struggled in the postseason um this is now you know he hasn't been there a lot granted um but he he had a rough run with the magic two years ago against the raptors didn't look great last year against the bucks uh now he had a had a tough game game one against the nets uh i think bill simmons pulled whatever stat he pulled on his podcast and he said he might be the worst playoff player of all time um that has played you know certain amount of minutes and hit certain thresholds and whatnot so i think fournier is a guy who if he had played great and Boston had pushed Brooklyn 
in the first round, Fournier could have been a guy who could say could have commanded 20 plus million. As it stands now, I think he probably caps out at about what he's at now, which is a little over 17. Um, that's, you know, kind of, kind of looking at him. I think that's where, you know, you're going to say, all right, yeah, you know, you're, you're maxed out at what you are right now. Yeah, agreed. And that's something that is going to be interesting to keep an eye on with him, especially if he's already kind of getting this, this notion around him that he simply doesn't step up in the playoffs. There's a lot of teams that look, if you can't perform in the playoffs teams that are looking to win a championship, they don't want that guy on their team. So yeah. I think that's going to be definitely a player to keep an eye on uh, similar in terms of, of being somebody that, uh, that could go either way based on their performance, but actually was part of what I thought was a, was a pretty big upset. Uh, Tim Hardaway jr. For the, the Dallas, yeah. the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, you know, look, they they beat the Clippers in the first game, and I didn't think that was going to happen. I, I didn't see that one coming, and yet credit to the Mavericks, they they got the job done, and uh, and he hit some big shots. What what do you think of with him? Yeah, he's another guy. He you know has had some uh, you know kind of up and ups yes. and downs in his career a little bit for you know for a while. It looked like you know he he got you know a horrible contract from the Knicks, and then all of a sudden it was like. Uh, you know, maybe it's not so bad once he's kind of more in his proper type of role um, with this. And I think he's a guy who um, really important for Dallas. He has figured out how to play with Luca. You know, he knows, you know, I, I kind of equate it to uh, when a quarterback throws to a spot and the wide receiver is just there, even though you didn't see him. Um, you you can see the uh, Hardaway Jr. You know, gets to these places and Luca throws a pass and it's like, oh, that's going out of bounds. And there's Hardaway to catch it and put in a three. And it's like, oh, man, like those guys are just you know on the same page. So. So, yeah, I think he's a guy with a good, strong playoffs. He can he can um, you know definitely get himself uh, paid. Here that this offseason, um, whether it's by Dallas or somebody else, my, my gut tells me it's probably going to be Dallas because I think he's found a home there. I think he's an important player for them. Um, but we'll see. The Mavs have a lot of variance in ways they can go this offseason. I mean, look, 8 for 13 shooting, 5 of 9 from 3, 21 points in game one against the Clippers. Not, not sustainable in terms of the shooting. But if he does sure. have that connection with Luka, if, if Luka and Hardaway Jr. is, I mean, a – I guess a lesser degree of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, which we may <laughs> not even see this next year. Sorry, Packers fans. Yeah, but, we'll uh, but if Cam Newton and Julio Jones. Oh. On the Patriots. Ooh. There it is. I said, trying to speak that into existence, huh? That's it. I, well, you better believe it. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think that that's a, a, something where if he if the if the Mavs are able to upset the Clippers. And Hardaway Jr. is that guy, and he becomes the the second leading scorer on the team, or he is the second leading scorer for that series. And they knocked him off. He's going to get paid, and and I agree. I think it yeah. is going to be indeed by the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I agree. Um, couple guys on the Nets mm-hmm. who I think could uh, show things from the veteran side: Jeff Green and Blake Griffin. Um, both could show, you know, much like we talked about Rondo, right? Where like this guy's a minimum guy now. Um, you know, if they they can both be a big part of the Nets making what you know might ultimately be a title run. Um, you know, they're two guys that you could look at saying, all right, the minimum's not enough to get it done. Right. You know, we gotta we gotta you know knock them up to around five million or so. Uh, another guy on the Nets, Bruce Brown. Um, restricted free agent. He's a guy who could really build his market up big time if the situation becomes, you know, if he's a you know key defensive stopper for them, plays really, really well uh, throughout the postseason, he becomes one of those guys where you could see a team saying, you know what, we're going to throw our mid-level exception at him and we'll force the Nets into matching or doing something like that. So so those are a couple guys on that team that, that I've you know, definitely got an eye on. Well, let me, let me hit you with a few, with a few Lakers here. Um, De- sure. I mean, Dennis Schroeder is the big one that everybody's been talking about because it was so controversial, him turning down four years, 84 plus million from the Lakers. And there's been, you know, every time he has a good game, I hear Lakers fans saying, pay him. Every time he has a bad game, I say, I have Lakers fans saying he's not <laughs> worth that. He, he's not worth that. And then in the meantime, you rope in Alex Caruso to the discussion who frankly has been outperforming Schroeder the last couple of games. And people have been saying, why wouldn't you just pay Schroeder? And, and and give him the money that that Schroeder that uh, or pay Caruso and give him the money that Schroeder didn't want. So that's a really interesting situation, and I think a lot of his uh, prospects in the offseason may come down to how he performs right now 
in the playoffs, even as teams like the Knicks are reportedly circling. Yeah, and what's funny is Schroeder is one of those guys, too, very polarizing player around the league. Um, there, there are certainly players and teams that that don't think all that highly of him. I think we've kind of seen that play out over the years in his career um, that, you know, there are some guys who, you know, they, they just, you know, quite frankly, don't want anything to do with them. Uh, so, yeah, that, that one becomes very, very interesting um, with, with him because, yeah, well, what what uh, how do I say like what is he, you know, if he is, um, you know, if he's going to get paid or not get paid, you know, who who are those teams? Because point guard market is weird uh, right now most teams are pretty well stocked at that position but the teams that need one boy do they need one um so that that's where you know definitely becomes something interesting yeah and the knicks you know they could be that team you know for him um you know they could at least at least they they can loom out there as kind of that boogeyman to you know maybe make uh, other teams pay up if they want i think that's just it when we're talking about the point guard market i think the knicks are that team and if the Knicks come off the board, so let's say the Knicks come off the board early and they and they spend all their money on on point guard X, that's going to yeah. remove a lot of leverage for a few guys, uh, not just Schroeder, but also mm-hmm. potentially like Lonzo Ball, right? There've been a lot of players who have been yeah. a lot of point guards who have been connected to the Knicks, who I Kyle uh, Lowry, I guess that's another big one, who kind of yeah. are using the Knicks, like you said, as that boogeyman out there, saying, "Hey, if you don't pay me, the the Knicks, they've got all the cap room in the world to go spend." And they need a point guard, so that's where I'm going to go. If they do come off the board, it'll be interesting to see how the point guard market reacts to that. Yeah, and and I think the other guy you talked about, Caruso, I think he is a guy who the Lakers probably get him on a fairly reasonable contract. I think Caruso is going to be one of those guys who's going to look at it and say, hey, this team believed in me when really nobody else did. Uh, they gave me the shot. I'm going to repay that and I'll stick around. Uh, Talon Horton Tucker becomes an interesting guy just because he's a restricted free agent. You know, how far do teams want to go with him? Um, I'm not quite as high on him as some other people are just because I don't, I don't know if he's ever going to shoot it well enough. Uh, to develop beyond kind of what what he is right now. Um, Somebody asked me in one of my locker room chats um, was, uh, you know, could you see him being Jordan Clarkson? And no, not at all. Uh, Jordan Clarkson has always been a, you know, he's a streaky shooter, uh, but he's always been a guy who could knock down shots. I'm not sure Horton Tucker becomes that. I think in their, they're different players. He's a, you know, yeah, he's much more of a pass first guy. He's, he's a playmaker, but I think the Lakers get him back. Uh, you know, relatively reasonably too. So, yeah, you start to wonder how far do you want to go with a guy like Schroeder knowing uh, you could re-sign Caruso and then go get veteran X, you know, who's willing to play for you. And there's going to be decent players like that to fill in, you know, either behind Caruso or maybe even becomes your, you know, 15 to 20 minute a night starter kind of guy there you know if that yeah but Schroeder if he balls out and they you know make another title run or finals run then yeah that's different uh we were talking a little bit about the Knicks before um you know they've got a whole yeah, bunch of guys that you know that these playoffs are going to be for yeah Reggie Bullock uh Alec Burks uh Nerland's Noel um I think Alfred Payton, the ship has sailed on that <laughs> one. Uh, I, I, <laughs> it's definitely sailed for me. Um, that harbor is closed, and you know, for me to bring him back in, uh, Frank Nilakina is not going to play enough, I don't think, to you know really impact. And then Derek Rose, you know, is another guy. I think Derek Rose is is a guy who you know with a good solid playoffs after a really good regular season. Rose is a guy who could come back and say, hey, you know, eight to ten million. That's what it's going to cost. You know, mid level exception money. You know, is, is, is what I want from you. Um, you know, if Burks plays the way he did in game one um, and can really continue that, all of a sudden, you know, that becomes, you know, mid-level exception becomes in play for him, or at least a big chunk of it. Same with New Orleans Noel uh, and his defense. And then Bullock's probably about what he is at this point. He's a guy, you know, maybe you'd spend the, uh, you know, half the, the MLE on him or something like that. But, yeah, a bunch of interesting guys. Unfortunately, Mitchell Robinson, who I think could have really played himself into a big, big payday we're probably not going to see him uh, at all in the postseason yeah i think the the knicks are interesting because it's easy i think they have to be careful right like let's say obviously they're they're down right now but let's say they come back and they win this series against the hawks and they move on to the second round right i mean knicks fans have been clamoring for a playoff team for so long this has been an amazing season for them and let's say they get bounced in the second round or, or the chips fall you know perfectly for them and they somehow they make their way to the eastern conference finals 
there's going to be this temptation to just run it back and bring everyone yeah. back. I think they have to be really careful there and understand and be realistic about what the ceiling is for this group. No question. They, they've done great things this season, but if their goal is an NBA championship, I think they've got to be really careful in terms of figuring out which guys come back and the dollar amount they come back for. Yeah. If you run them all back on one year deals, fine. Right. And that's yes. never going to hurt you. You know, even if they fall off and the team doesn't play as well. But yeah, if you, if all of a sudden you're like, you know what, let's give Alec Burks, you know, $40 million over four years, that could be one of those ones where it's like, man, I wish I'd right. not have that 10 million a year sitting on my books. So yeah, so I'm with you with that. Uh, Philadelphia, their guys are what they are at this point. Maybe Danny Green could could uh, convince a team that he's still worth the MLE or more with a nice playoff run. But the rest of their guys are um, they, they they we kind of know uh, the the box the really kind of two guys for them that become really interesting. Well, if Bryn Forbes shoots like he did yesterday, uh, you know, completely lights out against Miami, well then Bryn Forbes becomes you know. You know the highest paid shooter uh, this off seasons, but we don't ex- necessarily expect that. But Bobby Portis and PJ Tucker, I think Bobby Portis is a guy who has played himself into more money than he made last year or th- this current season, which was only about three point six million or so. Uh, and then Tucker is an interesting guy because he's never made all that much money, um, but he's somebody that you could look at and say, you know, all right, there's a guy I feel pretty good about giving our you know a big chunk of the MLE to because I feel like he could. Um, you know, really be be a big part of anchoring a defense. So the, the, those two are the interesting guys on the box. Yeah, I think there's some some interesting pieces in there. Some guys that the teams are going to go uh, are going to want, uh, particularly PJ Tucker. We know that yeah. the guy with his skill set is going to be in high demand. Looking at the, the Atlanta Hawks, what about what about John Collins? What what's gonna what is yeah. going to happen with him? I know you and I have both been saying we think ultimately he sticks with Atlanta. But might there be a team out there that that tries to throw an offer in and get and get the Hawks to blink? Yeah, I, the teams, you know what what it's going to take, right? Because because with John Collins, he's a restricted free agent, so the team has to have a ton of cap space, and then they have to have a need for him. Uh, fortunately for him, there's a bunch of teams that have exactly that. Um, we could, I could see him landing in Dallas. Um, you know, they could throw a max offer sheet at him. The team where I would love to see him go because I think he would fit perfectly with what they're building is the San Antonio Spurs. Ooh, yeah, I think he would be, you know, just a monster there. Um, but yeah, but I think unless he really struggles throughout the rest of the postseason, um, I think even up to a max, I think Atlanta almost has to match it. And then I think if you're Atlanta, you take the approach of we'll match a max offer sheet for him if we have to. Um, and then we'll deal with it later. You know, if, if it's, you know, we need to trade him or figure out something down the line, then, then we do that. But yeah, I, th- I think he probably sticks um, with them. The, the guy who becomes more interesting to me on that team is a guy like Lou Williams. Yeah. You know, well, what is Lou Williams now at this point? Because he's, he was probably starting to trend more towards, all right, we'll throw you, you know, three or four million a year. Um, if he can, you know, he played really well in game one. If he can have a strong playoffs. He starts to become a guy you could look at saying, all right, we feel good about giving you a big chunk of the MLE um, to be our sixth man and be a, be a good scorer. But, you know, he's uh, – well, what is he? He's got to be in his – yeah, I was going to say this is year yeah, 16 been for, for him. So we're well, he starting, did come in when he was yeah, 18. We're starting, he, still. Yeah, we're still. <laughs> yeah, he did, to that point, he's been around so long he came straight yeah. out of high school. Um, so that, that gives you a sense there. So we'll we'll ultimately see you know, where he goes. Uh, then a team in their division, Miami, right? Man, they are filled with guys that are you know the Heat have so much variance in directions they can go. But the two guys, because I don't really put guys like Goran Dragic, Trevor Reza, Andre Iguodala in this position because I think those are guys that if the Heat want them back, they'll they'll be back. Um, you know, they'll figure out a way to make that work. But the guys who become very interesting to me are Kendrick Nunn and Duncan yes. Robinson. Because as it stands right now, Duncan Robinson, you're probably looking at Joe Harris type of contract, right? He's a little bit younger than Harris, um, but he's been one of the best shooters in the league. To me, he's not quite as good as Harris is defensively. Um, you know, I think he can get picked on quite a bit more. Harris can do a little bit more off the dribble um, as far as taking the ball to the basket. Um, so we'll we'll see, but I think that's just the way Robinson shoots it. 
you know, you always pay for shooting, especially when the guy's a little younger. Uh, and then Kendrick Nunn, if he can have you know, a really good playoff run, he's a restricted free agent that becomes interesting. And we still don't really know what the Heat are going to do, you know, because they've got a bunch of different directions that they could go in this summer. I think, I think uh, it's a pretty open secret around the league. They're hoping the Clippers fall apart. And Kawhi says, you know what, let me let me at least look yes. at free agency. And see what this looks like. And you you know with Pat Riley in Miami, they'll, they'll at least they get were already meeting. planning on going all in after Giannis, and then Giannis obviously resigned with it with the Bucks. Um, so yeah. it would be very easy for them just to flip and go, okay, we're going to focus on Kawhi. If let's say the Clippers get bounced in the in the first round by the Mavericks, and again, I don't think that's going to happen. But if that yeah. does happen, yeah, um, maybe Kawhi does take a look around, and the Mavs will be. I'm sorry, the Heat will be right there waiting with open arms and saying, hey, come be part of, of this and try to try to bring him in. So I think that's yep. an interesting option for them. We've, we've also heard them in connection with Kyle Lowry for a while, and I wonder if that's somebody that, mm-hmm. they're, that they'll look to bring in should they miss on, on a Kawhi Leonard or somebody like that. Yeah, and that one I think you think that one you're going to be really careful, right? Because if, if all of a sudden you gave Lowry a three- or four-year deal – now you've put your future into two older veteran guys like Kim and Jimmy Butler that have had some injury issues throughout the you know I I don't think it's it's going to go poorly I think you just got to be really careful. Uh, Washington is the final East team uh, that's in there. Couple guys for them maybe you know Robin Lopez, but I think he's kind of what he is now. He's you know going to be a guy who's going to get a chunk of the MLE to be somebody's backup center. Ish Smith if he plays strong, he's another guy I think you know people could throw a little money at. Maybe Raul Neto if he played really well he could you know get himself off of a minimum but you know and i, I think alex len is uh proving why he's a minimum uh <laughs> player now um you know that's a you know i know a source of frustration for people that he continues to get uh gets get starter minutes um there uh west uh teams we already talked the lakers a little but just in dallas um justice Winslow or the grizzlies yeah. um doesn't, doesn't play now i'm to the i'm to the direction of I would decline the team option and go the cap space route. That that doesn't preclude you from bringing back Winslow, um, but you can get to a uh, position there where it is, um, you know, we it at least gives you optionality that you didn't have before. Um, and you know, if the guy's on a part of your rotation, then you know, all right, you know, let's maybe it's best thing is to move on and use that money elsewhere. Yeah, I do think that could very well be the situation, especially if the Grizzlies are having this kind of success. Without him, you know, I mean, they yeah. just they just won game one yeah. against against the Jazz, so it could be that type of situation where they just yep. say, "Look, th- this isn't really working out. We'd rather go towards uh, towards cap space," and so that could be an interesting path for yep. them. Uh, speaking of the team that they just beat, uh, the Utah Jazz, what what happens with Mike Conley? Yeah, I think he's back there. Um, you know, be a far I less say, money, not at thirty-four million. Uh, though. Yeah, it's. Yeah, you're going to probably – my guess is he's going to do something like two for 40, something in that range where he you know, locks in a couple years with a pretty hefty guarantee on it, and then he's back there. Um, you know, it's it's really hard for them to move on from him, right? You, you can't do that. The guy who becomes really interesting there to me is George Niang. He's been a key key reserve for them all season long. Um, off their bench, he's he's unrestricted this year. He played out that four year uh, deal that that he got. Um, uh, you know, into his uh, early years of his career. So yeah, he he becomes a really interesting guy. So yeah, but but I, my guess is the Jazz, barring getting beaten by Memphis in the first round, um, we're getting you know the doors blown off them in the second round, and they're not even competitive. Um, and I I think they're gonna. I think that game against Memphis has the highest likelihood of being a massive blowout in a game two of any game two we're going to see. Um, but yeah, I think what you're looking at with the Jazz is you know they more or less run it back you know for another year and you know see see what it looks like you know with them. Um, Denver, we'll see if Will Barton can play if he can you know uh, do anything to kind of up his uh, status there i do i do expect him to decline his player option and at least you know enter free agency and see what's out there for him and then there are other guys are guys like Jamichael Green, Paul Millsap. I think those guys are uh, you know, lower salaried bigs at this point in their career. I think there's a lot of teams that they could help. Um, I just don't don't think they're gonna get paid that much. And then Portland becomes kind of interesting. You know, Melo yes. came back. 
you know, for them on, you know, for, you know, very little money, you know, if, if, uh, you know, he's great in game one, not so great in game two. Um, but if he could be a big part of it, then I think he's a guy who could play himself out of that minimum, uh, situation. And then Norman That's Powell kind of though, is the, the kind of key yeah. guy there. Yeah. Because if Norman Powell plays himself into, you know, 20 to 25 million starting salary is, you know, kind of his baseline. If you're poor, then that starts to be a lot of money tied up in guards. You know, you're, you you'll then be you know up around ninety million tied up in uh, three guards, and that's 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 a lot. You better be really really sure that those three guards can play together, especially you knowing Nurkic is uh, an unrestricted free agent after next season, and you've got um you still kind of have a hole at the four. Um, you you know Covington's okay there, but you're still kind of working through that one. So yeah, Norman Powell becomes a major guy to watch uh, the rest of the postseason for, for yeah, Portland. I'm kind of looking at the at the situation in Portland, thinking you know if they don't get out of the first round here, first of all, I think we're going to see a coaching change in the offseason if that's the, if that's the case. But yeah, uh, that's agree. what we've been hearing. But I also think that this could finally be the year where they pull the trigger on on something with CJ McCollum, just in order to get a little bit more balance out there. Because you're right, that's a lot of money to put into just the guard position. Now we'll see how things go. It's it's still possible for them for them to beat Denver, but for right now, I do wonder if, if we're going to see this team broken up a little bit more this offseason yeah. than they've done in the past. Um, but the one I want to jump to that I think is going to be it, it's a little bit of a surprising storyline here. Chris Paul. I mean, we've been we've been saying for a couple of years now, oh, this is a bad contract. Any team that gets him, he's going to opt into that final year because of course he's going to opt in. I'm not so sure he opts in now. Does he opt out? I could. I think he opts. If he opts out, I think he still stays in Phoenix. But what? Yeah. I mean, right. could he opt out and go for a longer term deal? I think that's a realistic possibility right now, given the success the Suns have had. Yeah, and I think what Chris Paul could almost look at there too is if I opt out and sign, you know, for three years, ninety million, even that's still thirty million a season, and that helps alleviate some maybe potential looming luxury tax concerns for that team as, as they get more expensive and the like. So I, I think, think that's what it is. I think, you know, right. We all know Chris Paul's an LA guy now. That's where he lives. You know, um, you know, yeah, I was going to say off season, but really it's almost kind of year round. Um, he's not going to be on the Clippers or the Lakers anytime soon. Um, so why not stay in Phoenix? That's as close as you can get. Um, to to LA, you know, so you're you're right there. It's you know, and I'm sure he's at the point in his career where the Suns will be, uh, you know, hey, we've got a uh, when it's a more normal schedule and we don't have all the COVID concerns, we've got a you know three days in a row off. I want to shoot home to see the family for a few days. I I think the Suns will be like, all right, yeah, go, you know, and we'll we'll see you back here because you know he's going to be ready to play and all those things. Um, yeah, and then the rest of that team. What's interesting is everybody else is a minimum guy that's going to be a free agent right now. Um, but his campaign played himself out of that. You know, I know uh, not a Lakers fans' favorite guy in the world <laughs> right now, but uh, but you know, um, and then uh, Tory Craig is another guy that you know he's kind of been uh, flip flopping back and forth between you know minimum guy a little bit more than the minimum. So those those are two two more interesting uh, free agents on that one. Um, I want to go to the Clippers, and then I want to close with with yeah. another guy, a couple guys on your team um, if we can. So the Clippers, we already talked about Kawhi. You know, well, what could happen there? Uh, Serge Ibaka is another guy's got a player option. You know, to Serge, if that doesn't go well, say, all right, I'm out. Uh, I want to go somewhere else and, you know, see what I can do do, do elsewhere. And then, uh, then the other guy becomes interesting there, I think, is uh, Reggie Jackson. Because Reggie Jackson is, you know, somebody who maybe has played himself out of a minimum. Uh, so we'll see. But the Lakers, guys I'm wondering about is, it was always set up for Andre Drummond to only be the rest of this year, right? Because they're just you know what what they can't pay him um you know more than that unless they really want to you know start getting crazy and uh that um you know you know my feelings on yep. Andre Drummond so I'm not <laughs> not the biggest guy uh my my fan of him um you know I like Andre Drummond the person I just don't like what he does on the basketball court and then Wesley Matthews uh, my guess is he's gone um, I, I can't imagine that the Lakers run him back. That that seems like one if they could do that all over again, they they would have spent that uh, biannual exception yeah, elsewhere he's, he's, um, with that one. So those, you know, he's shown guys. some flashes of life in terms of uh, so in recent times, right? The last couple of weeks, we've seen Wes Matthews yeah. make some plays where he looks like he's gained a little bit of, of the confidence of the coaching staff. But 
but you're right. I mean, look, if he shows up big in the playoffs, then all's forgiven. But so he's had a rough season. Wes Matthews has no no question. And he may be one of those guys who's at the point in his career where it's um, in, in a normal calendar. I'll yeah. see you in April. You know, I'll, I'll play just enough in April to get myself ready to go, and then I'm ready for the for the postseason. Almost kind of what Goran Dragic does now, where I'm kind of to the point where don't talk to me about Goran Dragic struggling in January. I don't care. You know, if, if he's going to still show up and drop 17 points a game, you know, in the postseason, then I don't care what he does in January, February, March. You know, that that those are almost just you know let the guy play through. I, it. I think the other the other big question for the Lakers is now Montrezl Harrell. I mean, just a few months ago, it was yeah. it was a lock. This guy is opting out. He's going to cash in. He's going to get paid because he was he was averaging almost twenty points per game right when Anthony Davis went out, and now he's finding himself in a lot of games out of the rotation. Right? I mean, we saw it against the against the Warriors. They they weren't even using him. He's getting DNP coaches' decisions depending on the matchup. Now, now he's become a matchup specific player where he was the go to guy just a few months ago. So what does that do to his stock, considering that he also had a rough playoff slot? Now, there were some extenuating circumstances with his family and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but that's two rough, sure. potentially rough playoff runs in a row if we, he's not a night-in, yeah. night-out player in the playoffs this season for the Lakers. So what he does yep. is now going to be really interesting. Can opt in over $10 million or could opt out and hit free agency. But what that what is that market going to look like for him? I'm not sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. And then to give all everybody who's listening a little preview, what we're going to do is we're going to come back. I, I'm going to get uh, you know some stuff compiled for Trevor and I. We're going to go position yeah. by position through the free agents. So we'll talk all the point guards. We'll kind of give you here's our top you know uh, you know ten to fifteen free agents. We'll probably more put them in tiers um, than anything. Just you know here's a guy I think could get a max. Here's a guy you know highly paid veteran. You know here's a guy I really like. Um, you know we'll we'll go through and we'll we'll go through guys that we each like because i'm sure there's different players who stand out to us than you know uh, average people um probably even to each other there's guys you know we we like um based on what we evaluate so we're going to go through that and then we'll go through the teams and individual offseason stuff as we you know get a little deeper we've got half the league eliminated now another half's going to join them in you know the next week or so uh here so we'll 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 start getting into all all or not another well yeah another half yeah another eight very we'll, we'll join them so half the playoff field um so yeah so we'll we'll start getting in all that stuff too so a lot, a lot of cool free agent stuff coming where we're just starting to touch on it here um you know we're with you know guys that are in in the postseason right now that could help themselves absolutely. out absolutely that is the the offseason is coming and even though we're in the thick of playoffs and we're enjoying the basketball that we're seeing on the screen every single day and and all of that <laughs> uh it's also going to be a crazy offseason as well and there's a lot a lot that's yep. going to be going <laughs> No doubt. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode. We we appreciate it. Make sure you do subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to give us that five-star rating and review. We certainly appreciate it. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.